Greetings, listeners. You have found The Horror Returns. For all of you who delight in dread, fantasize about fear, and glorify gore, welcome home. This is the podcast that proves that the horror never ends. Each episode, we seek out and review a brand new horror movie or book, then go back and find a classic work with similar themes, looking at both similarities and differences. Our goal here is to explore how our perceptions of fear remain the same from generation to generation, but also to point out how the presentation can change based on the social and political climate of the times. Although we always do our best to avoid spoiling the new release, sometimes it may be necessary to talk about certain details in the course of our conversation. We generally assume you guys have already seen the classic film, so there will often be spoilers when discussing anything that has been out for at least a year. The other thing you may hear us do from time to time is use a few four-letter words. This is a horror podcast, and horror movies tend to be R-rated, so you can pretty much expect us to be too. Now tonight we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, This is the second in our series of planned retrospective of horror greats. First retrospective we did was a, uh, a an excellent director of horror movies, John Carpenter. This retrospective is another director, this time Wes Craven. I'm Lance, and with me tonight is my co-host Brian. How's it going, Brian? Oh, uh, I'm pretty good. How about yourself? Doing good, man. So we, uh, as usual, start out with a discussion of some of the highlights of what we've been watching recently. And I think we've... Uh, both been watching a lot of the same TV shows. Are you still hanging in there on some of those, like Preacher and Outcast? Yeah, I'm not fully caught up on anything. It's been kind of busy. Um, I did watch a couple rewatches on a couple movies. Yeah? Uh, rewatch Deadpool. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm uh, rewatching it a second time. I'm not not quite as high on it as I was before. But, you know, the first time I wasn't high on it, the first time as everybody else... I right. think it got a little overhyped for me. Yeah, I, I felt the same thing. But, I mean, it's still a good movie. I'm interested in to see where they go next. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth a watch. I, I thought it got kind of silly at times. Yeah, but I, I think that's kind of the character, though. So that's to be expected with Deadpool, huh? Yeah. Second movie I, I rewatched was Ant-Man. <laughs> I, have, I haven't seen that one yet. Um, this is pretty high up on my Marvel list okay. as far as their movies that came out. It's it's just a fun movie. Right. You know, I, I love Paul Rudd. Um Oh, I do too, man. He he's 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 great in comedy roles and he can actually be pretty serious too. I've seen him seen him in a few dramas lately. Yeah, he um he mixes it up pretty good as far as uh, the comedy and then the you know the the action that comes with a superhero movie. Okay. And um, I'm really interested in the uh, the sequel, which is gonna, which is already titled uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Really? Tell me yeah. about that. I haven't I haven't heard a thing about it. Yeah, ha- you've seen the movie, right? I have not seen Ant Man. Okay. Um, a little bit of spoilers here. Um, the daughter of the original Ant Man, they pretty much hinted that she was going to be taking over um, for her mother. Okay. Who, uh, her parents were the original Ant Man and Wasp, so they kind of gave a little a little spoiler there that you know she's going to be picking up where her mother left off. So um, we'll see her in full costume in the in the Ant Man and the Wasp. Cool. 
So, but uh, that's pretty much all I checked out. So for you, that's a slow week. Pretty much. <laughs> well, I'm st- I'm still hanging in there with Preacher. I'm enjoying that one. And um, I've I've actually watched a couple of uh, couple of other shows on Netflix that you know as, as you know a couple of weeks ago we did the uh, Star Trek Beyond show. Yeah. So I've been really digging into a lot of uh, Next Generation. Going okay. back, going back and watch, uh, watching a lot of the next gen episodes. It's actually really funny because we the other movie that we covered when we did um, Star Trek Beyond was, uh, if if you'll recall, we did <laughs> Enemy Mine. Yes. And there was actually an episode of uh, Next Generation I watched that is called Darmok, and it's uh, it's a very similar story. I thought it was really interesting because. There's a a new race that the Federation comes in contact with that only speaks in metaphors. They don't have an actual language that can go through the universal translator. Okay. So, for example, this uh, character uh, keeps saying, Darmok et Tanagra, Darmok et Tanagra. And they can't figure out what he's talking about. And he's actually referring to, like, old stories in the history of this race. So rather than use a language, they have to tell everything in story or metaphor form. And so, long story short, uh, this particular character and Picard are both beamed down to the planet to try to work out their differences, and they have to work together to defeat a try to defeat a common enemy. Uh, sound a little bit uh, familiar? Yes, it does. <laughs> and it's a really hostile planet uh, that's always kind of fighting back with them and everything, so... Actually, kind of sounds a lot like the the both movies that we talked about two weeks ago. Yeah, I've been meaning to to get back into the because uh, I used to watch the original series with my dad, right? And you know, uh, he was also a big fan of uh, Next Generation. Yeah, and Next, I've been Next mean- Generation is 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 uh, very uh, deep and cerebral. Yeah, I've, and I've been meaning to check out. Do you recommend any of the the series that are after that? Because I've never got into any of those. Um, I think my favorite is overall is probably Deep Space Nine. Okay. I think it told more of a uh, an ongoing story, kind of like a space opera type thing, where it, you know, each episode sort of led into the next one, sort of like TV shows do today. Okay. Uh, so you got the original series, which was like super episodic, and it basically like every single episode told its own story, and that was it. And Next Generation, by the time you start getting into the second season, you start you know, finding some recurring characters and recurring themes, and they actually refer back to things that happened prior. Um, but yeah, by the time you get to Deep Space Nine, it's it's almost like, you know, one continuous story. So that's my favorite, but it, it I can kind of see the merits of working up to it by watching, uh, you know, every show over time. Okay. So yeah, my favorite of, of, of all the series is, is probably Deep Space Nine. Okay. So that that's pretty much it. Just catching up on on some TV stuff. Haven't didn't really watch too many movies this week. So as with every show, it's time to take a little trip to the trailer park. We take a look at the big, the small, and sometimes the very very weird. Brian, what's our first new trailer to talk about this week? Our first new trailer to talk about is Into the Forest. Yes, I saw that. Yes, this trailer, or I mean, excuse me, this movie uh, stars Ellen Page, Evan Rachel Wood, and it is directed by Patricia 
Rosema, if I'm pronouncing that right. Okay. Um, uh, what did you think about this trailer? Well, I hadn't really heard about this movie, and that kind of surprises me because uh, El- Ellen Page is almost an A-list actress at this point. Uh, and Evan Evan Rachel Wood has been in quite a bit also, so uh, a little bit surprised to 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 hear about this one, and um, I really enjoyed it, man. I I really uh, thought from looking at the trailer that it was kind of one of those you know end of the world type things. It it almost kind of reminded me a little bit of like a a zombie apocalypse in certain places. They weren't showing zombies, but it was kind of a lot of the same concepts of. People, you know, communication falling out and people not knowing what to do. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I got I got a creepy vibe from it. What'd you think? Yeah, I kind of got that too. Um, from what I'm looking, uh, Ellen Page is also a producer on this movie. And uh, yeah, from what I'm looking at the plot, um, this is uh, this happens in the not too distant future. Uh, two young women who live in a remote ancient forest struggle to survive in an isolated country house after a massive contingent wide power outage. So yeah, it, it kind of looks like, you know, some end of the world type stuff. Right. Hey man, ev- everybody always loves a good end of the world story, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to go ahead and uh, check one out. Yeah. It looked, it looked, it looked like it was worth watching. Uh, I, I kind of got that indie film vibe from it that it was probably like super low budget and more, more of a labor of love. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, uh, definitely looked like fun. As Philip would do, he would, uh, tell us the Rotten Tomatoes score. Right. Um, it's already got an 80% rating based on 15 reviews. Oh, okay. So somebody's seen it. Definitely encouraging. So Ellen Page, she's got quite a uh, quite a history in a lot of uh, science fiction and maybe you know somewhat horror movies. Uh, Do you ever check out the movie that she was in with Patrick Wilson called Hard Candy? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that movie uh, kind of uh, messes with you. No doubt. Yeah, but you know, no. Uh... Of course, our favorite thing to say, not to give spoilers out, but... Uh, well, this one's over a year, so we're safe. Yeah, his character definitely <laughs> deserved a lot of was getting. I'm telling you, man, after that movie, I, I could not watch that dude for a, such a long time, man. How, how do you feel about his acting? I know uh, the, there's a, a lot of people I hear say he's underrated, but then I hear other people don't really like a lot of the roles he's in. I'm coming I'm coming around, dude. Yeah. Big time. Big time because he's he's got such range. You know, he he can be the 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 dirtiest, nastiest, most evil scumbag and then he can go out and play a part like he did in The Conjuring 2. Yeah, uh one of our uh friends over at the Binge Cast uh didn't like didn't really like his role. Okay. Uh, do you remember who? Nah, not off the top of my head. Yeah, they had a problem with the scene where he was playing the playing, uh, the, playing guitar. the guitar. Yeah, yeah, I remember hearing that. Was that uh, was that Mister Four on Ten by any chance that said that? I, you know, I don't know because that would kind of be right up his alley. Yeah, um, I've always thought he, I, I've always enjoyed him in his movies. Yeah, me too. Might might have uh, been might have been Jim Law that said that actually. But uh, I I thought the scene was fine. You know, he was trying to calm everybody down and seen a guitar and played a song 
Dude, he was he was you know where he really sold me though was Fargo. Yes. Yes, definitely. That's where he turned me around. And he was getting in Bone Tomahawk. Yep. So uh yeah, oh and you probably haven't seen this. It is on Netflix. But did you happen to see a movie he was in where he was a limo driver? It's called Stretch. 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 Yeah. yeah. You have yeah. seen it? Yes. He was really good in that, man. Yeah, he's like, you know, I, I'm I'm more on the side of he's, you know, underrated. Yeah, me too. I could see him winning a winning winning a best best actor Oscar one day. So he's uh probably in line like, you know, he's he's still behind people like uh Idris Elba and Brian Cranston. But I could definitely see it happening within the next ten years for sure. Yeah, I'm just pulling up a couple you know, of course, uh, I liked him in the first in the first Insidious movie. Mm-hmm. Movie I forgot he was in Watchmen. Who did he play in Watchmen? He was a uh, uh, what was the character? Was Night Owl. Owl. Yeah. Okay, I do remember you know, that. Thing. He was a you know he was a believable superhero, right? To me, so. Well, the thing about the Watchmen is those were all superheroes that that had very human weaknesses. You know. Yes. What I think turned me off. I, I hate to say it, but. And I guess it's actually a uh, it's a feather in his cap for me to say this, but after seeing him in Hard Candy, I, I just could not watch him without feeling like I needed to take a bath afterwards. Yeah, it's just there's sometimes the actors and actresses play a character so good that you just when you see them you don't like them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like I uh, to get off a little, you know, we well we're kind of off topic anyway. Uh, that's what this this show's all about. Sometimes <laughs> Penelope Cruz, uh, oh, you know I, her. I, I don't. I don't care for her, man. And yeah, I, her I think her her role in Blow really. I I I couldn't stand her after that. Right. You know, willing to ba- basically trade her daughter for for cash, and you know, was one of the reasons why uh, Johnny Depp's character, you know, got sent to prison. Right. You know, I I couldn't stand her after that. You know what? I hate to sound so shallow, but I think uh, the reason that I don't care for that much is because I, I like my women with a little bit of meat on them. Oh, absolutely. She's <laughs> a little on the thin side. That's what I would say. <laughs> so, um, back to Into the Woods. Um, yeah, I'm 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 gonna check it out when it comes out. It definitely looks interesting. The whole end of the world thing. You know, you never know what you what you can expect in those type of movies. So. Mm-hmm. Moving on to our next trailer is Mechanic Resurrection. Yes! Starring Jason Statham. Jason Statham. Yes, sir. Never seen him in a role I didn't like him in. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm already going to say right away, I'm going to watch it. I'm a sucker for his movies. No doubt. No, no matter what, you know? Yeah, and I enjoyed the first one. Nothing wrong with Jessica Alba either, huh? Oh, no. Definitely not. And this, uh, this also has Tommy Lee Jones in it. Ah, yes, I noticed that. And uh, I don't know if you know her, um, Michelle Michelle Yao. From, uh, uh, doesn't ring a bell. Have you seen, um, oh, what is it, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? I saw it and was bored to tears. Okay. She's <laughs> um, there for it. She showed up in a, in a lot of martial arts uh, flicks. Okay. I always enjoy her when she's in the movie. You know, she's a good martial artist. Right, believable, believable in the movies too. So, um, mm-hmm. she's in this also. I'm looking at her IMDb. It said that she was a ballet dancer since the age of four. So she's a martial artist and a ballet dancer and an actress. 
Yeah, I believe she was also in one of the Pierce Brosnan uh, James Bond movies. Tomorrow Never Dies. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Did, Didn't care as much for the Brosnan era, but, you know, James Bond is still James Bond. You know what, speaking on the James Bond, I actually didn't mind the Timothy Dalton ones. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I say, any any anything that's James Bond is still James Bond at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. You know, I've, I've been trying to catch up on, uh, what is it, uh, Penny Dreadful. That's right. And, and he's he's in that series. And um, I, I really enjoy, uh, especially, uh, I believe, it, uh, The Living Daylights. Okay. I thought I thought he was he was fine in that one, and you know he only got a couple movies before they went on to uh, Piers Brosnan, and I never really cared for any of those. Right. They seemed a little on the on the goofy side, kind of. Like I said, Jason Statham, you know, Jason Statham action movie. I'm I'm there. I'm watching it. Hey, it looked good to me, man. I uh, anytime I can watch a trailer and it's. You know, it's as much fun as watching a movie. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be into that no matter what. It's, it's definitely not one of those like a few we talked about before where we're like, what the fuck happened in that trailer? I couldn't get a feel for what the movie was about. Yeah, this, this one's pretty much straight up, hits you right in the jaw, and uh, yeah. there's no doubt what this movie's about. And I, and I think with this kind of movie, you can do that because you know you can pretty much tell, tell what the story is in the trailer. Right. Cause you go to, you go to this movie for the action. You go to see Jason Statham kick ass. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm all in on this movie. Uh, by any, uh, what is, what is your favorite, uh, of his movies? Uh, this, of the Statham movies. Um, yeah. You know what? It That's, that's a tough question, dude. I mean, do you, do you have a favorite, a straight up favorite? It's kind of hard um, to say. Yeah, I would have to go with the original Transporter. Well, I mean, that's kind of what he's probably best known for, right? Yeah. I like him in the in the in the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, I I really hope cuz you've seen you seen most of them, right? I've seen all of them. Okay. Um I really hope they bring his brother back in the next one. Do you think they can do that? Yeah, his, they never said he died. Well, we so, know he's alive because he's in a maximum security prison, right? Yeah, and in the beginning of the movie, you see his brother in the hospital when he goes and visits him. I would like to see, you know, because they, they are putting a lot of people into this movie, this next Fast and, uh, Fast and Furious. Oh, sure. Yeah, they, they get to be more and more people every time. Yeah, because you got uh, Charlize Theron as the villain. Right. Have you heard of uh, Helen Mirren's in this movie? Well, that doesn't surprise me too much. I think actually, I think I heard you mention that before. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with uh, his character in the movie. Yeah, I like a lot of his just kind of standalone movies that he does, where he's just kind of like an everyman type character. Cause yeah, he, I... he does tend to do a lot of smaller budget movies where it's just it's it's just sort of like him, and he's uh, he's in a, a situation where he just is able to help somebody else out or rescue somebody and. He just seems like, I mean, again, maybe it's just acting, but just always seems like he's kind of one of those, uh, you know, real wholesome kind of people that has a good soul and a good heart. Yeah, another movie I really enjoyed of his was, you ever seen Safe? Uh, yeah, of course. I really enjoyed that one. I, that one kind of, I didn't know anything about it. It was just, you know, one of those 
Yeah, that that's that's one of the ones I'm referring to where he, yeah. he kind of has to protect someone who's innocent. Do you enjoy any of the Expendable movies? For what they are. Okay. You know? Did you did you I mean, uh, what did what did you think of the third one? I, I you know what? I, no no comment really because I mean <laughs> the 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 Expendables is what it is. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. It's uh, you know, garbage in, garbage out, popcorn stuff, but you know, at the same time, I, I guarantee you I'm going to watch every single one of them. They could yeah. do an Expendables 27, and I'd still be watching them. Absolutely. You know, How do you feel about uh, Stallone saying that the fourth one is going to be R-rated? No comment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> okay, our next and final trailer is Sausage Party. <laughs> now, wait a minute. We're a horror movie podcast. Oh, there is, um, if you watch this trailer, there is some horrific things happening, especially to, no especially to some baby carrots. Yeah, right. I don't know, man. I, I, I can tell you this. I, I will, I will see the movie. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, which trailer did you watch? Did you watch the Red Band trailer or? I definitely watched the Red Band trailer. Every other word was the F word. Okay, so every, if, if nobody's seen or heard about this movie, do not take your children to see this movie. <laughs> Even though it's a cartoon, right? Yes. Um, looking at the cast here, uh, we got Seth Rogen, right. Kristen Wiig, uh, Jonah Hill, Bill Hader, Michael Sarah, James Franco, Danny McBride, Craig Robinson, Paul Rudd, Nick Kroll, David... Wow. Uh, I don't know if I said his last name right. Uh, the last two really surprised me. Uh, we got Edward Norton and Salma Hayek are also in this movie. <laughs> Why not? Yes. <laughs> Why not? Screenplay by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, which um, right. they've worked together a whole bunch. Yeah, they're doing Preacher right now. Yeah, this movie looks hilarious. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I have I have two words for this movie. Why not? Yes. Right? Yeah, I mean, when I heard he was doing this movie before they even said what the premise was, I thought this movie was going to be something completely different. Really? When, yeah, when I heard Seth Rogen is doing a movie called Sausage Party. Okay. I thought they were going somewhere else with this movie. Uh, what did what were you expecting? Well, I, I think everybody knows what the term, you know, if you've got a bunch of dudes around and you say you've got a sausage party going on. Sure. Yeah, I, that's where I thought this movie was going. So and you thought I, it was going to be a live action movie, not a not a cartoon? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, th this movie looks hilarious. You you thought you thought maybe that it was going to be like another uh, fraternity movie or something like that? Yeah, like possibly... You know, with a lot of dudes that, you know, maybe he's in a situation he didn't think he was going to be in. Right. They're just sitting around waiting for the chicks to show up at the party or something. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, like I said, this movie is, looks hilarious and I'm definitely right. going to go check it out. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I'll pay 10 bucks to see it in the movie theater. I think I will. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I really, you know... There's there's certain movies where I feel like when he has more hands on into it, I enjoy. No no pun intended with a sausage party reference. Huh? <laughs> like um, this is the end. I really enjoyed that movie. Right. And um, like you know his older ones like um, Super Bad. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was a classic. Yeah, which uh, that movie was basically written about him and his friend, but they were uh, too old to play the parts at the time when they were when they were able to make the movie. Okay. So, you know, like, you know, movies where he you can tell he's really put a lot into it. I think they're going to make this a funny movie and I'm going to check it out. Yeah, um, we're going to do things a little bit different here on our last retrospective. We kind of went through upcoming movies for next year. Uh, We're going to go through um, upcoming TV shows for the fall. Oh, cool. All right. Okay, this list is in no order. And some of these we don't have a release date on, so bear with us. The first TV show is 24 Legacy. Yes. Is this the return of Jack Bauer? Yes, I see his name on the cast. I I don't think uh, Bauer is in it uh, as the main uh, protagonist, though, right? Yeah, because I'm in the casting list. Uh, his name is Last, so he might just it might just be cameos here and there. Man, I t- I tell you what, I've always enjoyed Twenty Four. Do you have you seen all of them? No, I haven't seen all of them. It's been uh, on the docket, so right. Um, this one is uh, coming out actually uh, a little bit later, like early next year. Actually, from what I just found out, uh, February fifth. Ah, okay, cool. So one so. of those mid-season replacement things. Um, let's, uh, move on to the next one that looks pretty interesting that I've heard about before. I haven't heard a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emerald City. Emerald City. What the heck is that? It's supposed to be a dark, edgy reimagining of the Land of Oz book series. What? It's supposed to be like a what? darker. Yes. I've heard about this, uh, cause originally from what I've heard, they were going to do a movie. Okay. But. They thought it would be better for a series. It was going to be like a darker version, a more adult version of Oz, which I can kind of get behind, right? Because you know, there's there's um there's some scary elements in the original Oz movie. Oh yeah, for sure. And if you ever seen the 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 sequel, Return to Oz, is that the animated one? No, it was a live action one. Okay. Um, it kind of creeped me out when I was a kid. Really? Um, you know, they had a they had a queen in there that that would change her head. She had different heads. Um, I think I think from uh, other other uh, her victims, she was able to change her heads. And you know, they had a they had just other like creepy elements. You know, I don't want to give too too much. I mean, it is an old movie, but not too many people have seen it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely um, Oz can have some creepy moments. I mean, I'm not talking about the 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 newer one. That one wasn't that great you talk you talk about the the uh james franco movie yeah i was I, very I was the great and powerful or whatever yeah i was disappointed especially right. that being a sam raimi movie uh, i thought i thought the special effects were pretty good yeah it looked great it's just i didn't uh, maybe it was james franco as uh, as could, you know could, could have very well been yeah um how how do you feel about this one um, I will definitely check it out. I, um, I'd heard a little bit about some rumors about it, but that was like, shit, man, four or five years ago. I mean, is this the same project? It could be, you know, sometimes things get shelved. Right. I'm looking at the casting. Um, it's already, uh, got me intrigued. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is playing Oz. You're kidding. The Kingpin. Yes, I love Vincent D'Onofrio. No shit. Okay. It doesn't. Uh, I don't see a release date, but um, 
that one uh, definitely uh, got me a little intrigued. All right. Well, I mean, if it's coming out like mid-season, like you said, then it's probably only only going to be like thirteen episodes or something. So yeah, I'll I'll give it a shot. Movie or not a movie? I'm sorry, a trailer we've seen before that's based on a movie, right? Uh, the Exorcist. <laughs> no, thank you. You're still not into it. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm kind of interested to see where they take it. I might. I'm. I, my my rule usually with shows is I give it about like two or three episodes. Well, if you're insistent and you want us to watch it for the show, then I I will tell you this. I'm. You know, everybody who's listening here, audience, go ahead and write this down. I will check it out. If 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 you want to watch it together, I'll I'll check out at least the first two episodes with you. Fair enough? Okay, that's fair. I'll give it a um, shot. The only one thing I have a problem with is it's going to be on Fox. I right. thought this would have been something that would have been on FX. Well, the following was on Fox, and it was pretty damn good. Yeah, but... I mean, I, I didn't watch all of it, but I heard near the end it kind of got, kind of got a little stale there near the end. Yeah, I'd say it fell apart. I, I just think they met, they missed a big opportunity with it. They went down some, some roads that I think if they'd gone a different way, they could have kept the show going. But um, I'm gonna give it a, I'm gonna give it a little chance. Okay. I, I, you know, I've been surprised by shows before. Sure. One I probably won't watch, but we'll talk about it anyways. Uh, based on one of my favorite action movies, Lethal Weapon. Oh no! Have you seen the trailer? To yeah, this? this is the one with no. I to, it, 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 full disclosure, I haven't seen the trailer, dude. I don't know. Maybe you should watch it for a laugh. I don't know. Okay. I don't know who this guy is that they. I, he's playing the um, Martin Riggs role that uh, Mel Gibson played. That uh, Clayne Crawford or whatever. Yeah, I, he's missing the mark completely on what Mel Gibson did. Mel, you know, you when you watch Martin Riggs, you think this guy is he can go over the edge any minute, right? And I I don't feel that with this guy. It well, kind of seems like a watered, goofy version of that character, like for TV. I'll tell I'll tell you this. I'm look I'm looking at the. Uh, at the description right now, and it looks like one of the producers that uh, is uh, McGee. Well, he did. Did you ever see the TV show Chuck? Uh, no. I really enjoyed Chuck, man. But uh, isn't he the one that did Terminator Salvation? Uh, he was involved in it. I'm afraid. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, he he a, was involved in it. And another thing that drives me crazy is they casted Damon Wayans. Yes, I remember, As, you, uh, I remember uh, you telling me about that. Again, I don't, I don't get, I don't get it. Right. And if he does the line that I'm too old for this shit, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna lose my mind because well, at that point you're done, huh? <laughs> yes, I'll probably. I mean, I, I'll watch the first episode, but I right. think if I keep continue watching this show, it's gonna be for laughs. And <laughs> might might and be I, the wrong reason to watch it. Another show uh, actually is a reboot. Uh, Moreno over at the Binge Cast uh, talks about this show quite often. Uh, <laughs> MacGyver? MacGyver. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't recognize the only one I recognize is. Uh, I'm assuming he's going to play MacGyver, Lucas Till. Okay. He, he's in the X Men movies. Is he any good? He's all right, and he doesn't do much in the X Men. Uh, You've seen the newer ones, right? 
Uh, I have not seen the newest, but I have definitely seen. Uh, let's see. So I saw he, what was it? First class. Yeah, he's uh, he plays Havoc. Okay, well he, I passable as far as I can tell because I really enjoyed that movie. I don't know. I guess watch the original one instead of this one. Yeah, I maybe. I mean, the original one to me lost its. Uh, you know, lost its luster after after a couple of episodes. Quite frankly, uh, okay. But you know that that's just me. I don't know. I don't know how this one will do. I've not heard a lot about it. Right. Um. I haven't heard a lot about it since the, they announced that it was getting a reboot. So I don't know pretty well, much what to say about it. Un, un, unfortunately, there there may be a reason for that. Yeah. Midnight Texas. Yeah, I heard about this, but what in the hell is Midnight Texas? The premise says here that it is based on a book trilogy by True Blood author Charlene Harris, I believe her uh, the name is. Uh, the drama is set in a particular town, which is populated with vampires, witches, werewolves, psychics, and hitmen who band together against outsiders. Yeah, you guys enjoy this one. I... Uh... I read the first half of her uh, first book in the True Blood series. Okay. And uh, I threw that fucking book down, ran out kicking and screaming. Um, I couldn't stand it. It was the typical, uh, almost teeny bopper, uh, real, uh, you know, immature type love triangle story that you hear so much, kind of like Twilight and all that kind of garbage. Yeah, to be and, to be honest, I've I've never even seen the show True Blood. You know, you know what? I I haven't either. Because when I, you know, when I when I started reading the book and and I really enjoy vampire fiction. Yeah. But this this thing was a piece of crap in in my opinion. I just didn't get anywhere on it. So, uh I think I will skip on Midnight Texas. Okay. Moving on to the next one, I believe there's a show I've heard, but I haven't heard too much about is um, Powerless. Yeah, that's like the uh, the DC characters, but they don't have any actual powers, or they're kind of like stupid powers or something like that. Yeah, let me uh, let me read the premise. It's uh, the DC Comics workplace comedy focuses on insurance ins- insurance adjusters who look out for the regular people who have right. to cover the damage caused by superheroes. You know what? I'm I'm looking at the, at who's in it, and you had you had me at Danny Pudi and Alan Tiddick. Yes. And if uh, that super super hot Vanessa Hudgens is in it, you bet your ass I'm going to give this one a try. Yeah, and as as far as her acting, you know she's fine. I've never I've never had a problem with uh, anything I've seen her in. Right. So and um. Hey, this could be really funny, man. Yeah, it could. It sounds similar to a Marvel TV show that I heard is coming out. Uh, kind of uh, like Damage Control or something like that? Yeah, because this one has to do with the insurance adjusters. Okay. The uh, the Marvel one has to do with the people that actually go out do and the clean up. up. Right? Yeah, so it'll be interesting if these shows come out around the same time. Um, moving oh. on to our... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm not... No, I was, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm not a uh, sitcom guy at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't think there's a single uh, sitcom I watch nowadays. But with this cast, I'll absolutely give this one a try. Yeah, I'm I'm not really either. It it has to it has to reach me in a certain way. Like me and my daughter, we watch uh, the Goldbergs. That one gets me because it's it's based on the '80s, right? 
and growing up in the 80s and there's a lot of references to movies and toys and music that you know that kind of you know it gets to me so it has it has to have something that you know gets me to tune in because you know there's there's a whole bunch of other shows you know you could be watching a lot of competition for your attention span yeah and most most sitcoms on network tv you know they never last long oh yeah they're terrible right that's one i enjoy you know it's already been through like three seasons so cool well, it's uh, it's gonna stick around for a. While. It's no married with children, though, is it? No, it's it's more family family <laughs> oriented. So, uh, moving on to the next one is one I've seen, but I haven't really uh, watched the whole series. Is uh, Prison Break? Yes, man. You want this... to talk about a little a little oh, bit about? Yeah, this? Prison Break is one of the tightest, uh, most well written and well acted uh, TV shows that I've seen in a long time. It's uh it, it it it's pretty much perfect. It's spot on the way they do uh uh they do four different seasons and each uh season focuses on a different uh uh arc, story arc. Okay. So you've got the first season where the guy is wrongfully imprisoned and his brother purposefully who's a genius by the way and an engineer, he purposefully gets himself put into the same exact prison so he can devise a scheme to break his uh his innocent brother out. Okay. So the first season focuses on that. So, you know, that in and of itself is is a self-contained story. And, uh, you know, they get out, of course. Uh, second season involves the uh, what they do after they get out. And there's some other storylines and characters where, like, uh, you know, some people are trying to find a fortune that they hid. Uh, and they have to go through a lot of trouble to try to dig it up and find it. Because things aren't the way they were when they went into prison. So they have to deal with, like, uh, new houses being built in that area and people there and stuff like that. Uh, the third season was kind of like when they... You remember that year when they had the writer strike and most of the seasons were short? Yes. So it was probably like a 13 or a 15 episode season, but they actually went to a uh, a foreign prison. So the, so so our, our boys were actually uh, locked away in, like, a Mexican prison. Okay. That, that was interesting. And then the fourth one tied everything together and it revealed a big conspiracy that they had to battle and stuff like that. And, you know, good, good, good guys became bad guys. Bad guys became good guys. And it was just a really rich uh, show with a lot of great, a, a great ensemble cast and good characters. Um, but I got to tell you, I'm a little nervous about this because they ended the fourth season perfectly, like right on point. And I'm reading here that there may be someone who died at the end of the fourth season that maybe wasn't actually dead. That okay. makes me really nervous. Yeah, I, I didn't really get into the show. I mean, I've always wanted to go back and check it out. So I'm going to get caught up because um, I've heard a lot of good things about Prison Break. Oh, it's it's a great show, man. It, it's one of those that I would... I would Because uh, a lot of the times on my lunch break, I'll watch a... You know, a one a forty five minute or a one hour TV show, and sit at my desk and eat. Uh huh. And this was one of those that I would kind of like watch, and then it's like basically every single day of the week I'd watch another episode because I I couldn't wait to see what was going to happen next. Yeah. I mean, it 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 was it it really sucked you in that much. Just one of the best written shows on TV I've seen in a while. Kind of reminded me of the early days of Lost a little bit. Okay. But I'm nervous now as I'm reading through this synopsis, because I'm afraid they're going to screw everything up and just 
basically say everything that happened in the in the seasons two two through four weren't real or something. Oh, uh, it, it it does say reboot. So that that bothers me. But you know what? I'll I they they've earned enough of my respect that I'm going to give it a try for at least you know five or six episodes. Okay, moving on to the next one is uh, based on a classic comic book. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'll check this one out. Uh, Riverdale, based on the Archie comic books. What? Yes. Oh, come on. I don't recognize any of the actors or actresses except for Luke Perry. Is he a teacher? or Because that dude's old by now. Yeah, There's it no doesn't... way he could be Archie or Jughead, right? Um, or yeah, it does. It, uh, as far as I know, he's not playing any of those main characters. Oh, man. I'll tell you one thing. If, uh, if Betty and Veronica are as hot in the show as they were in the comics, I'll watch it. Is it on HBO or something where we might see some titties? No, we'll pro- uh, we're going to catch it on the CW with the Flash and Arrow. Uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on to the next one. Is another show I probably won't even give it a chance. Uh, it's a show based on a movie, uh, mm-hmm. Taken. Ah, the Liam the Liam Neeson movies. Yes. Why in the fuck would they do that? Because they can. I don't know. Because <laughs> the so, Taken movies keep making money. How quickly can we move on to the next one? Um, right away with time after time. Time after now is this based on the uh, on the film? Yes, it is. <laughs> You're kidding. This is the yeah, yeah. Uh, H H G Wales uh, time machine. Uh, yeah. Do you want to go ahead and talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. This is based on that, right? The the seventy nine Nicholas Meyer movie. Yes, it is. H <laughs> G Wales is going after Jack the Ripper, and he and he and he goes from. Uh, uh, the 18th century to modern day to pursue him, and he and he falls in love along the way. This this is a great movie, dude. If the TV show is going to be the same basic premise, I'm all in. It pretty uh, it seems uh, it says uh, based on the novel and movie. The fantasy cat and mouse game features H.G. Wells, who's transported to present day Manhattan to capture Jack the Ripper. Yeah, so it seems like That's it's based. It. Yes, I'm all in, dude. I don't care if this is. And, and and you know what? I gave up any uh, anything that's twenty or more episodes in a season. I I went out of my way to give up, so I no longer watch network TV shows. But this one is going to have me. I guarantee you, I'm going to at least give it the first season. Okay. It, it was and, that uh, good of a uh, movie. Based on what you said, I have not seen the movie, but I will check the movie out now. Right. Yeah, so. you'll enjoy it. Now, uh, Nicholas Meyer was known for directing a lot of the Star Trek movies. Okay. So I think you'll you'll probably enjoy his style quite a bit. Okay, that um that seems like one to check out. Cool. Um, the next one is uh, Timeless. Another time travel show, right? Yes. Um, the premise is a trio of tasks. A trio is tasked with traveling through time to catch a criminal who stole time. Who stole a time machine that could catastrophically alter history? Well, see, <laughs> these these assholes are going to make me a liar because I said I was giving up these regular network shows, but this also sounds very interesting. Yeah, it, I, I can't figure. I've seen recently. I've seen a like a teaser trailer of a TV show 
I don't know if it's the other one that we just talked about uh, time right. after time or if it's this one. And it it really it really looked like it was worth checking out. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be a big year for time travel stories, huh? Yes. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I'll give this one a shot. Um, this one actually does uh, say um, premiere date October 3rd. Okay, we don't have to wait too long then. No. Uh, moving on to the next one is a, another TV show based on a movie is uh, Training Day. The premise seems to be uh, based on the movie pretty much. Uh, the it's a, Apparently it says it's a reboot. It picks up 15 years later. Okay. And it says, uh, picks up 15 years later and revolves around a young, idealistic LAPD officer who is partnered with a morally questionable detective, and that detective is played by Bill Paxton. Not bad. Not so, bad. Um, I'll give that a shot, man. Yeah, with it saying uh, Bill Paxton, that, that kind of got me hooked right there. Oh, yeah, for sure. That one is another one that seems like it's a, a definite at least check out, you know, the first couple episodes on that one. See how it goes. Oh, I'm in, I'm in man. Yeah, it, if, if, if Paxton's in it, it's worth a try. And I believe, um, I might, I could be wrong, but I believe Anton Fuqua was the director of the movie. That name's um, really familiar. Yeah, he's uh, he's done a few things. It says here he, um, I believe he directed the movie. He's also. It says he's going to be a producer on the TV show. Okay. Along with uh, a, a name you probably recognize, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer. Of course. Cool. Yeah. I mean that that it sounds like there's a few shows worth checking out this this season then. Yeah, and uh, um, a couple of ones that we already everybody's already heard that's coming back is of course Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead. Salem's coming back uh, this fall. If anybody's watching Salem, I really enjoy Salem. Yeah, me too. Um, I think if anybody's seen The Witch, I think they would enjoy Salem. That makes a lot of sense. The two kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, and of course, uh, American Horror Stories coming back. Um, they said they're going to make some changes. You know, the, a lot of people didn't really dig the last season. Right. So uh, they said there's going to be some changes made. So I'm kind of interested to see what kind of changes are made as far as that go. Yeah, me me being kind of one of them. Um, but I really, really hated the freak show season. I thought I thought last season was a little bit better than that, at least. Yeah, I I, I had said it before. I, I really enjoyed Lady Gaga on the show. I thought she kind of brought something new to it. All right. Well, and most people obviously did. I mean, she won an award, but I, I got to tell you, I didn't care for her that much. Yeah, I kind of, it's just me, I guess. I think they could have done away with her character maybe sooner, right? Instead of you know she was you know pretty. I don't I don't want to get into spoilers, but I think if they kind of maybe shortened up her her whole story arc, it probably probably would have been a little bit better. Yeah, they kind of dragged it out a little bit, didn't they? Yeah, of course. Uh, as we had uh, talked about uh, a few episodes ago, uh, Luke Cage on Netflix coming soon. Yep, looking forward to that. And um, I think uh, that is pretty much it. All right, cool. So, you know, we're not we're not doing our regular format tonight. Uh, we're not going to do the featured attractions and uh, compare a uh, newer and older in film. Instead, we're going to do the second in a series of retrospectives. We'll be doing these retrospectives from time to time. We'll, you know, pro- probably try to average about ten a year. 
So maybe not every single month, but maybe uh, close to it. And, of course, we're not going to only do directors. At some point, we're going to do retrospectives of actors and actresses that have been big in horror, certain producers, such as, of course, Roger Corman, people like that. But for this one, we decided to go with another uh, director, right, Brian? Yes. And who did we pick this time? Wes Craven. Wes Craven. So he started his career, it looks like, in 1972 with The Last House on the Left. Did you see that one? I've seen it once. Mm -hmm. I've probably seen the remake a little bit more than that one. Okay. I do kind of actually enjoy the remake. This was one one of those movies that was um, parents getting revenge on the killers of their their child, right? Yes. um, This movie was a little controversial when it came out. Sure. Um, you know, people thought it was a little, little too explicit. Yeah, I, I enjoy the premise of the movie. You know, sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta fight back. I liked it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I would say that uh, that it was a, a pretty good start for an upstart director. You know, to to have a, to have a, you know, fairly solid film. Obviously, it, it, it was low budget, as we would say now, a little bit cheesy. It did come out in 1972. Mm-hmm. But a solid movie, for sure. Uh, he followed that up with uh, The Hills Have Eyes. Now, have you seen the original? Yeah, I didn't I didn't really dig this one that much. Right. Um, another, of course, uh, is going to be a trend with his movies. Uh, a lot of his movies have been remade. Um, <laughs> so, actually, so, far, uh, so far, we're two for two in that category. <laughs> um, I actually do like the remake to this one. I thought it was well, a, I a very... Too. A very well-made uh, remake from uh, Alexander Aja. That's what I was thinking. I thought that was an Aja movie. The what? Uh, what is the premise? A uh, family gets uh, attacked by. Um... Well, you know, it was just like a, a road trip type movie where a family was was going out, and I think they were driving through the desert, like in the areas where they used to do nuclear testing. Okay. And there were these uh, hidden mutant families <laughs> that were. That were the victims of our government's nuclear testing that they did out there, and uh, I, I guess they had their own little uh, society. The way they they survived was by uh, kidnapping and I think eating the travelers that would come through. <laughs> so, kind of kind of a silly concept, really, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it was it was a good flick. I, I'm with you. I like the. I think I like the remake better, actually. Yeah, Alexander Aja does a really good job. Um, another movie he did that I really enjoyed was uh, Piranha 3D. Yeah, very good. So, um, very very he did, fun. Yeah, he he does a good job when he gets. I mean, you know, someone you know called you know classic horror flicks, you know, old school horror flicks, right? And he he really does a good job of making them more modern. Okay, and then we've got one that I haven't seen, uh, Deadly Blessing, 1981. Did you did you check that one out? I have not seen that one. Yeah, the only standout on this one is I always remember that Sharon Stone was in it, and it was like one of her first uh, roles. But, man, I, I couldn't tell you anything about this one. I don't know what it was about or anything. Don't think it, it's got a lot of critical praise or anything. Well, what do you think about 1982's Swamp Thing? You know what? As as a as a younger kid, this and the sequel, Return to Swamp Thing. I kind of actually watch these movies a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of they're, fun, right? 
Yeah, I mean they're they're not the greatest movies, but like you said, they're fun to watch. You know, Swamp Thing's a fun character. Which I you know, he's uh he's a part of this thing that they were trying to make that I guess it's not happening now. Uh the Justice League Dark. Okay, I've heard of that, sure. Yeah, it it was a project uh, Guillermo del Toro was putting together and um, it's going to have Constantine and, you know, some other uh, DC's more darker characters. Okay. And uh, I, I like that. Kind of like the Suicide Squad a little bit. Yeah, but as, of course, Guillermo, you know, leaves the project to go do one of his 500 other projects. Sure. Sure. So last last I heard, they were going to make it into uh, into one of the DC animated movies. Okay, which kind of bums me out because you know I want I want to see Swamp Thing again live action. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, you know, just like any red blooded American male at that age, I was really hoping uh, Adrian Barbeau's top would slip off or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was fun. I I remember it pretty vividly. I I enjoyed watching the movie. Let's not forget Heather Locklear in the sequel. I, you know what? I uh, don't think I've seen that one. Oh, it is the cheesiest movie ever. But like I said, it's Swamp Thing and Heather Locklear. So it's called like Return of Swamp Thing, or what? yeah, I think it is Return of Swamp Thing. Cool. Well, after after the original Swamp Thing, he followed it up with a... I mean, this is a pretty quick turnaround for a sequel. Uh, Hills Have Eyes Part 2 in 1984. Have you seen this one? Uh, I actually never seen the sequel. You know what? I don't think I have either. I'm reading the synopsis. It says, A group of bikers heading to a race become stranded in the desert and find themselves fighting off a family of inbred cannibals who live off the land. Yeah, you know, probably check it out. Yeah, we should probably go back and, and, and watch this one for a future show, huh? I'll tell you what, he sure didn't waste any time after that coming out with his masterpiece. Mm-hmm, The Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What'd you think? It is one of the most iconic horror villains of all time. And this is the original film, and there's none of this... uh you know, ba- bastard son of ten thousand maniacs bullshit, and yeah. or any of this silly, uh, you know, like making turning somebody into a puppet and making them dance and that kind of crap, or putting them in a video game and then you know using using a joystick to to make them, uh, you know, walk walk into a, a monster that eats them and that kind of garbage. I mean, yeah. this is just straight up horror. Yes, this is exactly what is in the title: a, a nightmare. And uh, it's interesting uh, of where the character came from. You know, uh, he did research about uh, people actually dying in their dreams. Really? Yeah, and then the actual character is uh, based on somebody, I guess. I I don't know if I got the story correct, but it's somebody he used to see outside of his window across the street or something. What? And that's where he got the basis for the the look of the character. I I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong. If anybody wants to correct me, go ahead. But uh, from that's what I heard. The especially the the, the look of Freddy Krueger came from, I guess, actual experience of seeing somebody or something like that. Okay. But uh, the whole uh, dying in the dream. I guess he had he said he had read uh, some kind of story or something about people. I think uh, that's where he got the whole basis of the whole dying in your dreams. 
Well, you know what? Here's a perfect opportunity for us to, uh, I think, it's been a while. We need to do a contest because I think the last time we gave anything away was a uh, Horror Returns t-shirt to our 100th like on Facebook. Yes. So let's go ahead and extend it out there, man. If if somebody can, uh, whoever whoever can email us at, uh, what what's our email address, uh, Brian? Uh, it's uh, the horror returns at gmail.com. So if you can, if you can send us something having to do with the story of where Wes Craven's inspiration came from, you will be the proud recipient of a horror returns t-shirt. How about that? Sound like that, a deal? That sounds amazing. Cool. All right, so we'll move on to the next movie and let and we'll let our uh, listeners do the homework for us. Okay. So deadly friend, never seen it. Have you? No, I haven't. Yeah, this is one of those kind of... Um, I, Christy Swanson was in it. She's pretty hot. Yeah. Other than that, I don't see any names I recognize. Anne Ramsey. She was the old battle axe actress that you've probably seen her in a hundred different things, but uh, don't know much about that one. I think we can uh, <laughs> probably go ahead and move on. Yeah, we can move on to the next one. All right. So uh, the next one was one of my favorites, actually. Uh, a lot of people didn't like it that much. The Serpent and the Rainbow. What did you think about that? Um, let me refresh my memory. Is this, this the this, one? This was the old school zombie movie. Okay. Bill, Bill I've... actually went to uh, study zombies in, in the Haitian culture. Yes, I have seen this one. Yes. Um, I, from what I remember, I enjoyed it. Yeah, there was a lot of... Uh, this scared the fuck out of me, to be honest with you. You had that uh, that tiny little uh, Haitian voodoo priest <laughs> yeah. that would blow the powder on him, and he, he he basically went completely still and couldn't couldn't move anything, any muscle in his body, and and they they buried him alive. You remember that? Yes, I remember that. So that was that was one of my favorites. And yeah, Bill Pullman, he was uh, in quite a few things in the in the eighties, right? A lot of people always get him confused with Bill Paxton. I, I've never had that problem. I, th- I, mean, I, I think it's not not as far as looks. I think the the name Bill Pullman, Bill Paxton. Right. Yeah. So Serpent in the Rainbow. Uh, like I said, that that's probably one of my favorites uh, uh, that he's done. I just like the uh, the sense of dread in it, and it wasn't like totally over the top and cheesy. I just thought it was a nice, creepy little horror movie. Yeah, that is uh, definitely one I'm gonna have to do a rewatch on. It's been a while since I've seen that one. Yeah, I think I think you'll be glad you did. So then we had uh, Shocker uh, the next year in 1989, and uh, this was one that uh, I, I I call it Schlocker. <laughs> yeah, the special effects were so horrible in it. But what what did you think? I remember this being a a complete bomb for him. I think so, man. It was it was his first really shitty movie as far as fan reception went. Yeah, let me uh let me see what it what the budget and the box office. It's not a, I don't know if it was a complete bomb by looking at the budget was five million and the box office was sixteen point six million. Well, I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah. But I just remember hearing about it just being a complete bomb back in the day and yeah, it was it was cheesy. The special effects weren't that great. I, I think I might have actually seen it here recently. It might have been on TV. Right. It's it's not great. 
I think he's actually before he had passed. Uh, I think he had actually said he wanted to redo the movie himself. But yeah, I don't. I just. I don't. I don't remember this movie being any good at all. Well, after after this one, I I think he redeemed himself. This this is another one that's kind of controversial. You've got a lot of haters, but uh, I really really enjoyed uh, the people under the stairs from nineteen ninety one. Absolutely, the the haters can hate. I've loved this movie <laughs> from when it came out, and uh, we will be uh, talking about it here uh, in the future. Very good, cool. So yeah, that's uh, uh, you want to go over the synopsis real quickly. There is uh, some people that are basically uh, collecting money from from the neighborhoods, you know, overcharging rent, you know. Slumlords. Yeah, pretty much. And um, this kid and his, I believe it's his sister's boyfriend, Mm -hmm. which is played by Ving Rhames. Okay. And another guy decide to go rob these people. And there seems to be a lot of mystery about what goes on in the house and the people that actually live in the house. And... Um, they break in and they uh, kind of um, get them get themselves into a whole lot of trouble. Um, I I just remember this movie as a kid. I really really enjoyed this movie. Oh yeah, I loved it. the The final scene at the end when all the money was was falling down out of the sky and people were just grabbing dollar bills. Yes, and just not <laughs> noticing the people under the stairs just walking around. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, just the way they looked. I mean, you can't not notice them. The ones, uh, the the actor and actress that played the brother and sister, they were pretty creepy in this movie. Yeah, you talking about the guy who dressed up as a gimp? Yeah, they also kind of had an incest thing kind of going. <laughs> kind of like a Lannister family tradition type thing. Yeah, because there, there was parts of the movie, like if you had just turned the movie on at that part, you would assume they were husband and wife. Right. But they were actually brother and sister. Yeah, and didn't they call each other like mother and father or something weird like that? Yeah, something like that. Uh, and then back to Freddy, nineteen ninety four. Uh, Wes Craven went back into the the uh, director's seat. Thank goodness. Yes. Uh, took took control of Freddy again with New Nightmare. What did you think about that one? This was a welcome return to the series for sure. Loved everything about the movie. I loved the look, the new look of Freddy. You it mean with the every- uh, the strange uh, five fingered claw instead of the the glove? Yeah, and the the trench coat and right. It w- it was just a fresh take on the character, and I think the only one who could do a fresh take on the character was the the man himself, Wes Craven. Yeah, this movie was meta before people knew what meta meant. So I th- I think very well done and extremely creepy. And uh, I saw I saw this one in the theater. Did you? I don't remember if I've seen it in the theater. I might have because I, for some reason, I clearly remember seeing uh, Freddy's Dead in the theater right. when they had the whole 3D thing going on with that movie. Oh, that, so I'm that pretty, was horrible. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen this one in the All theater. Right. So speaking of horrible, <laughs> his next movie, <laughs> you you may have a different opinion than I do, but what do you think about Vampire in Brooklyn? We can move on from this one. So then he went on to scream. <laughs> Not to diss Eddie Murphy too much, but that was shit. Again, uh, going back to the binge cast, they were just talking about uh, recently. I don't know if it was how many episodes back, but um, the decline of Eddie Murphy. Ah, and, uh, this uh, per- perhaps this is one of the perhaps yeah, this he is one of the movies. His own sale in movie jail. 
Yeah, definitely, because he makes shit now, and this movie was, I mean, it could have been good, you know, a Wes Craven vampire movie. Right. This movie's horrible, so, you know, we can uh, we can move on. It was, it was definitely refreshing in 1996 when he came out with a little movie called Scream. I kind of feel like he uh, brought back the slasher movie. A lot of uh, a lot of iconic things from this movie. The line, "What's your favorite scary movie?" Right. Uh, they and I, uh, another thing I always liked about this movie is they broke down the rules yes. of a scary movie. Yes. I don't know. Uh, the series got kind of little. I liked two, but then as you as they went on, they just kind of got a little a little too much with you know they just uh, who who was who was ghost the ghost face killer you know who was you know well. Yeah, I do know what you're saying, and actually, uh, after Scream, uh, I think we can go through the next three movies really quickly. So, okay. you had Scream 2, and like you said, that was a, 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 a definite down, down tick from mm-hmm. the quality. After Scream 2, uh, Music of the Heart, have you ever seen that one? Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> okay, this falls out of the category of WTF. Okay. So you've got a a movie directed by Wes Craven, starring Meryl Streep. Huh. And she's uh I guess she's a, a like a a teacher, a school teacher. Okay. And she is teaching uh inner city students how to play violin. Okay. I think it might be based on a true story. At least one would assume. Was was this something like he was trying to do different things or something? You know what? It, the, if so, this was the only one he did out of out of character, okay. because every other thing he's done was horror. I I don't get it, man. I just don't get it. Where did this come from? Yeah, what was, in, was this some inspired? was this some was this some kind of passion project or something? Or you know what? I have no idea, man. Did he owe somebody a favor, or that's probably closer to the truth, right there? Okay. Um, moving on, Scream Three. You know, like you said, we don't really need to talk about it again. It was kind of. Wasn't this the meta one where there was a Scream, but there was also another movie that they were filming that was similar to that, or yeah, wasn't uh, based it like on it? Stab or Stab. Something? You're right. Yeah. Yes, uh, Stab Three. So, you know, I mean, fun to watch, but definitely nothing he'll really be remembered for. 2005, so he took a five-year hiatus from directing. Did you know that? Yeah, I, I, now looking at his list, yeah. Uh, Cursed. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was a neat little werewolf movie. Was this the one with, uh, what is her name, uh, Christina Ricci? Uh, could be. I know. I know it was a. I know it was a werewolf movie. I remember that. Okay. I, I don't okay, specifically I, I, remember her being in it. Okay, I pulled it up. It's uh, Christina Ricci and uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Okay. So uh, yeah, I remember uh, this wasn't. Yeah, I didn't hate this movie. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. Right. Next. Next. Oh, I enjoyed this one. Red Eye. Yeah, I really liked this one. That too. That was a good one. Uh, Killian Murphy. Very, very menacing uh, villain. Yeah, I think he's a, another underrated actor. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I kind of, when he plays these uh, villainous roles. Sure. I know I'm going to get a good performance when I, especially when he's kind of not playing a good guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I just know I'm going to get a good performance from him. Well, I enjoy, I always enjoy seeing, uh, and, and 
my wife could could attest to this, but <laughs> I I never have any problems seeing Rachel McAdams in anything. She was actually one of the <laughs> small good parts of uh, season two of uh, True Detective. True Detective. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't make it through that one, man. Season it was, two did, it was didn't get me. Very, very tough. So we're getting close to the end of his career, uh, which is a very sad thing to say, actually, because um, we lost him way too early. What did you think about My Soul to Take? Uh, it was a piece of shit. Not that great, was it? No, it was horrible. Well, you know what? It's a good thing he didn't end, it, end his career on that. Because I think Scream Four, in my opinion, he was he was back to true Scream form again on that one. Yeah, might be a little controversial here, but I I think it's the second best out of out of the four. I, I do too. I do too. Hands down. Yeah, it was it was really fun. He kind of he kind of hit the reset button on this one. You said about uh, Rachel McAdams. I don't mind Hayden Panettiere. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, no problem, huh? No, I got no problem. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I remember really liking this. I, I thought, you know, it was when I first heard they was doing a fourth scream. I was like, really, right? You know, but um, I, I really liked this one. the 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 premise of the movie actually made more sense than, like, say, the third one when all of a sudden she had a half brother out of nowhere, sure. and I could I can buy the whole cousin. It was her cousin, right? Yep. It was her, you know, wanting to have all that fame and be her. So I, it it was a it was a it was a welcome movie. I, I really liked it. Well, so that pretty much wraps up our our Wes Craven retrospective. Um, as is common uh, on these things when we do them, we try to uh, list our top three. Mine are probably going to be pretty easy to come up with. Do you have uh, off the top of your head? Do you have your top three Wes Craven movies? Yeah. Do you just want me to give the three? Uh, whatever or do you, you want, want to, to go do, back man. and f- whatever um, you want to do. I, I usually try to, uh, we, we usually try to go back and forth, like, uh, uh, uh a countdown uh, from, you know, five to one or three to one or whatever. Okay. However okay, you want I'll, to do it, it's fine with me, man. Okay. I'll give my three and then you give your three Cool. and then we'll just go, um, my three, I'm going to, just because of nostalgia factor and it's, um, a movie I feel like it has a lot of, for me personally, a lot of uh, rewatchability is uh, the people under the stairs. Yep. You know what? You just stole my thunder. That's my number three as well. <laughs> okay. Absolutely my number three. What? What's your number two, man? Uh, my number two is Scream. Okay. That's that. I can definitely respect that. The uh, original one. Let me be clear. Sure. The original Scream. Scream one. Yes. All right. My number two is The Serpent and the Rainbow. Okay. Uh, as you can tell, I gave some love to this. It was to me, it was the creep factor, the creepy factor. I really enjoyed that, and you know, the fact that somebody can blow this powder into your face, and all of a sudden you're unconscious, and your heart rate st- slows down to where if someone, you know, tries to check your heart rate, they can't even tell you're alive. You can literally be buried alive. So that scared the fuck out of me. So that's easily my number two. And my number one, of course. I I don't know if it's your number one, but uh, a nightmare on Elm Street. Well, how could it not be? <laughs> like I said, how could I, it not be? Like I said, iconic movie, iconic character, and uh, you know, there's just scenes you you just you remember. You know, the especially uh, I believe this was a uh, Johnny Depp's first movie. 
you know what? If not, it was definitely one of his first. But yeah, uh, and you know, you can never forget the scene with the when he got sucked into the bed, and then all the blood came out. Oh man! Wow! <laughs> what a what a movie! What a movie! So I think we can both agree that Wes Craven is an absolute master of horror. Absolutely. So, uh, as always, we want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Horror Returns. We'd love to hear your feedback and ideas. You can always reach us at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. For up-to-the-minute news, reviews, and interviews, visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash thehorrorreturns. And follow us at Twitter at at Horror underscore returns. You can find us on Podbean at thehorrorreturns.podbean.com. Also look for us on iTunes. And, you know, guys, if you like what you hear, please rate us and review us so we can get those numbers up and continue to bring you bigger and better stuff. Now, don't forget, there's a contest afoot this week. And, Brian, would you give us again the details of that contest? What are we looking for here for a uh, Horror Returns t-shirt? I believe it is um, the origin of Freddy Krueger. Where did Wes Craven get the idea, not only for the look, but also the concept of people dying in their dreams? I believe I gave a kind of shitty half-ass story about it. So if anybody's got the actual facts... You will win a t-shirt. Cool. Easy as that. And if we do happen by any chance to have multiple people with the same correct answer, we are going to go for creativity and passion and the amount of time you put into giving us the answer. So the more you can tell us, the better your chances of winning that t-shirt. Next week, we're bringing you guys another special show, The Year in Horror, 1960. And this is going to be the first in a series that we're going to do the best horror films or standout horror movies of each year. We're going to start with 1960 and work our way up. So, until the horror returns again, good night.